Yeah, he'll do it. Yeah. We're going to go in three, two, one. And welcome, everybody, to the 8-Bit Framecast. Actually, we just upped our resolution. Bud, welcome back. Framecast 30 today. We're being joined by Drew. Hang on. Sorry, hang on. Hang on. Stop, stop. Um, I think mine's recording you as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it's not. No, it's picking up my water cooler system bubbles that are running through the system. <laughs> it's fine. It's I'll, process, right. I'll process the audio. It's fine. I'll deal no, with it. Okay, I'm good, I'm good this time. Right. I was just it was. I could see things happening. I was like, wait, is that somehow picking up him? I was like, no, that's bad. Okay, sorry. I'm good. I'm good this time. Yep. Don't worry about it. We're being joined today by Drew, and we're being joined today by Loz. How are you guys doing today? Uh, I'm alive. And my beard fell off. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's insane. It's crazy how much a difference that makes. I was at work and um, what you call one of my colleagues was literally staring at me five minutes solid. It's like, you know, do you want to take a picture? It lasts longer. <laughs> you know, it's like, are you just enamored by the fact that my beard's gone? Yeah, it's just insane. I can see your chin now. I was like, and is that a good thing? What do you think, Lars? Is it a good thing that we can see his chin? The answer is no. It's obvious now. I still remember the days when he was just but a babe of a youth, and he had no beard. And he had hair. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I lost my hair and my beard before I... Wait, no. I lost my hair before I met you, but my beard... We had more hair. Well, I clothes. had more hair as well, but still. Yes, anyway. <laughs> I am quite curious to see pictures of Drew with hair now. Nope. No one's seen those. Anyway, while we were gone with the Framecast for like two weeks because we didn't record one last week, Blizzard did a thing again. Oh my god, can they not do bad things? (laughs) Blizzard did an oopsie. Yeah. Blizzard always does an oopsie. Apparently, that's the only thing that they can do now. So, Warcraft Free Reforged. What's been going on, Drew? Who, am I telling the story? Loz, do you want to tell the story? Who wants to tell the story? This Who is a good wants to story. tell the story? Drew, I think you should. Okay, cool. So, um, back in 2018, Blizzard did a keynote speech at the beginning of every BlizzCon like they normally do. And one of the items that they showed off was Warcraft 3 Reforged. And they showed off a cinema showing like a huge, gigantic improvement to the original Warcraft 3 game and everyone was super hyped for it. They then dramatically failed the the high note of the keynote with Diablo Immortal, but moving on from that. So Diablo, sorry, Warcraft 3 Reforged was delayed. I don't know how much by, it was supposed to come out last year, but it ended up coming out a few days ago and it has been an unmitigated disaster with the fact that they have taken away the original client for Warcraft 3 Reign of Chaos and Warcraft 3 The Frozen Throne. They have taken away features like the abilities to turn on shadows, the original client. They have decided to own all the custom maps and everything. It's a buggy, glitchy mess where a lot of people couldn't play the campaign in any capacity what else was there um the 
the whole selling point of the newly designed cinematic interactions, the cutscenes with all the characters, not in the game in the slightest. Uh, I'm trying to think. And the biggest one of all is Blizzard wouldn't offer refunds in any capacity. There's only a few people that I know that have successfully gotten refunds. But as far as I'm majority... aware, refunds are now being accepted, they're, but they're yeah. not like sharing that information. It that really is. an automatic bot now. It has opened up to an automatic bot. You can just use the website and it will just give you your money back with no questions asked pretty much at this point. It, it, well, right. maybe it asked a few questions, but it's very simple. They, they just opened the floodgates on it and it was to be honest, the only response they could do. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to get a refund on your Warcraft free, if you got it and you're not liking it, which we can fairly understand, get that refund because you're able to do that now. Cool. Yeah. Right. I don't so think how... I'm... No, I think you've covered all the key points. This game basically is just an incomplete mess. They have shipped out the door just before the quarterly earnings report to clearly gain some money. And it's it was never ready, is is the small story version. Yep. Yeah. So how much does um Warcraft free mean to both of you? Have you got the guys played the well, the original, the the one that got replaced by <laughs> this stupid launcher? And um how were you guys looking forward to, or were you at all looking forward to World Warcraft Free Reforged? Lars? Well, I, I will go, I'm going to go beyond that and I'm, I'm going to weave a tale. And I will say my first, I was first, when I was a kid, I don't even know the age. My first PC game or a PC was bought for me because I complained to gain access to one game. And that was Warcraft 2. I saw it at a mm -hmm. friend's house, thought it was so amazing. I had to have this game and that was my first pc i think a friend of the family built it for me just so i could play that i think the other game i bought alongside warcraft 2 was theme park just for some variation but what i wanted was warcraft 2 so ever since then i i played the hell out of that game loved it i remember the i remember the obviously after that i think i went onto games consoles for a few years but then i remember walking into game in banbury that's where it was i remember seeing this on a shelf for warcraft 3 I know that there have been rumors for ages about what they were going to build this Warcraft 3, but it was just there on a shelf. And I didn't even know that it was coming out. And I just walked into the shop and I just picked it up and went, oh god, Warcraft. I loved Warcraft 2. I'm going to buy this. And that game meant so much to me. It was just the game I played for so long on the PC. It was the game to the point that, that first of all, you play through the storyline. Amazing storyline. Amazing characters. This was just like mind-blowing stuff for an rts it felt like anyway just everything was there and then after that you went onto the online scene you played online games then you found the custom games and there's so many amazing custom games to play they were just endless creativity was a was a bound it was it was it was wild west of what people could create and chuck out and people could download quicker and i used to play it so much and this is show my age and everything again that i mean me and my brother racked up a terrible cost for one month on the dial-up fees <laughs> and, and that massive massive feat like i may be like i don't know back in time like 100 pounds on just dial-up fees or something or 150 pounds something parents are furious but we convinced them well we love this we go on my thing we you need to buy broadband because broadband's you know the future and i don't know how we did it but they just went yes yeah that's fine so you know this game <laughs> moved my family on to having broadband if you if you tell my family now about the, any family now about 
getting rid of the internet you just wouldn't do it but you know this this is this game pushed my family from 56k dial-up which is what you know we've been using into the modern age of you know having broadband access and it was it was revolutionary for the time that we could do this they liked it obviously because it meant it was like a 30 pound fee for the month and then the we didn't rack up any bills. We loved it because it meant unmeted access to the, to you know downloading games and playing games. Mm-hmm. It was it was just revolutionary. So this game pushed my ability to go onto the internet. That you know it, that that's how much of an effect this game had. It, you know that was original graph three. Then the expansion came out. I just again I, I waited so long for expansion. There's a point. I know I'm going on the story, but I'm going to finish. It's like I remember waiting for that expansion, Frozen Throne. I remember Blizzard at the time, and I was I loved Warcraft three. I wanted this. Game. I was like I want this expansion. This expansion is gonna be amazing. And they would say. We're delaying this game and it'll be out when it's done because we want to do the best game possible and they did and the frozen throne again expanded the warcraft lore just so exciting so many new characters it just like felt like a revolution of the game and since then obviously warcraft 3 then slowly faded i think went to then i went to world of warcraft but even most of the elements of world of warcraft probably you can trace most of them back to either warcraft 3 or the Throws and Throne. I'm going to point out just one. The latest patch on the latest expansion for the Warcraft is to do with the old gods. It's called Nazoth, who you're fighting on the old gods. That was first introduced in Warcraft 3 Throws and Throne when you're going under Ice Crown and it's just the, the faceless, I think they're called back then, and you see like an early version of what you know, a model of the old gods. So even the current World of Warcraft is still building on the foundations from what Warcraft 3 did. That's how massive this game was for everyone and for the the warcraft world and for blizzard as a whole it was it was a huge game so now reforged i saw it come out i was tempted to pre-order i think drew's gonna say the same so i'm cutting his story even short that we have i never i don't pre-order anymore i just don't i've been bitten so hard so many times i even i even i bought anthem the day that i pre-ordered it like the day before it was gonna release and that burned me massively and this just feels or looks to be the same. I didn't, I, you know, this one came out. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll wait and see. You know, I'll wait. And it seems to be the same thing. Now, I was looking forward to Reforged. I was really looking forward to playing those old stories, seeing them revamped, the modern era, the modern version of the game. And also, oh, I think, I'm not sure if Drew said this one, but there was also supposed to have, they were said, I think they were going to add additional story beats in. Like the story would be expanded a little oh, bit. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Pretty, pretty sure that was supposed to be in there as well. Yeah. because bits and pieces like additional dialogue and additional conversations between characters things like that and none of that's in there either and i was really looking forward to it but i didn't pre-order it i i'm so sad of how it's turned out and i'm just devastated and my day is ruined i i, I don't think it's ruined that much i don't i don't i think we're both happy with the whole yeah i'm glad we didn't pre-order this but I wanted the game. I wanted. To, I, I'm, yeah. I'm sad, of, you know, of how it fell through. Yes. Yeah. There's one one element to Loz's story that he's missing, which is a computer video game society. Loz. Oh, they played Warcraft three. Everyone played Warcraft three. Come on. They played Dota. Dota. Yeah, it was Dota. It was yeah. Dota so massive. I I wasn't really. I admit, I wasn't really that big a fan of Dota. Mm. It was all right. I preferred. I didn't really get into MOBAs. I mean, I played Warcraft three Dota a bit with Dota All Stars at the time. But it wasn't till League of Legends altered and refined the formula. And then that's my preferred one if I was going to go for it in the League. It's just better. But yeah. Um, my story is nowhere near, near as interesting as Loz's, but I will say I was sitting forward to Warcraft 3 Reforged because one of the things that I felt held back the game was the exceptionally low-poly nature 
of the models. Like, mm. it just felt like everyone was a Muppet, and I didn't like that at all. When I saw the trailer showing it off during BlizzCon 2018, I was just taken aback because this is what I wanted the detail and fidelity to look like. Mm -hmm. I, I was just like, oh my god, that's Uther! That's Uther Lightbringer! You know, and... Uh, but it, it didn't fucking happen. It was a mess. 2018 hasn't been a great year so far with um, with 20, reveals 20. and then the ultimate bristle oh. that was brought out. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see what you mean, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I, I have a question for you guys mm -hmm. actually first off michelle what's been your exposure to warcraft let's let's establish a baseline so my my exposure has been very minimal i haven't really interacted that much with um many of blizzard's ips uh because for most of the time i was busy with warframe and before that were the call of duty days on the playstation and Around the time that I was interesting myself, which has been like last year in other IPs, Blizzard did some major fuck-ups, which made me very not interested in supporting any of their IPs. <laughs> so um, my experience has been very limited, but I have become well aware of a lot of important elements to these games through the stories that you tell me through the Framecast. Cool. Right. So my question for you starts with a statement, right? Mm -hmm. Warcraft 3 changed the RTS genre. Mm -hmm. World of Warcraft dominated the MMO scene. Diablo 3 revolutionized the action RPG market. And Activision are known for pumping out Call of Duty games every year. In the last 10 years, we've had StarCraft 2, Diablo 3, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, Overwatch, StarCraft Remastered, Warcraft 3 Remastered. And what we've got come is Diablo Immortal, Overwatch 2, and Diablo 4. Personally, these three upcoming titles feel like Diablo 3 for mobiles, Overwatch again, and Diablo 3, but a bit gritty. How do you feel about this latest trend, Blizzard? So, I actually came across a very interesting Reddit post concerning this difference in approach where between like years before and right now where we basically have a big focus on three important ips of uh blizzard and now uh, and the subsequent lesser dedication towards the something like warcraft 3 reforged which i think we can safely say wasn't treaded upon with the utmost care of everyone at Blizzard. I'm pretty sure that there were some well-passionate developers that have been working hard at making this thing what it is. Um, but it's not what it could have been. <laughs> um, but the, I came across this Reddit post and it, was, it, it led up a very interesting theory that Diablo Immortal, one of the games that you mentioned, had of course a very bad... Um, PR disaster around it. 2018, as you already mentioned, when they were showing off the Warcraft 3 Reforged trailer, something else happened, which was Diablo Immortal. And um, yeah, do you guys not have phones? Like that was a really giant shit show. And I think that it makes a lot of sense that Blizzard had to respond to that. And in the response to that, they have, well, I don't, I'm not going to say that it's directly in response to that, but afterwards, shortly afterwards, they fired a bunch of people 
around 800 even though they were doing great um and they've also stated that they were going to focus a lot more on their major ips they're going to redirect focus to their major ips and as a result diablo immortal has pretty much been finished already as far as reports from uh, netis the um, mobile developer side of things um, have shown the game is done but blizzard has been awfully quiet about this game have has, haven't really spoken about it being released at any point and it's kind of up in the air so it seems like this thing that they announced in their 2018 fission is no longer as relevant as then in their 2020 fission probably because they they think it's a better PR move if they wait. I don't know. However, as a result, uh, what we see quite clearly is that from the lineup that you bring up, Diablo Immortal, Diablo uh, 4, and Overwatch, is that we can find out what their idea is of major IPs, what is very important to them. And there we find Overwatch and Diablo. And from that missing is Warcraft. So I think that it's just like, What's happening right now is that their idea of the important IPs is different than the idea of the important IPs from many of their fans. It's it's more than just that. Not only that, but StarCraft mm. completely ditched. Yeah. There was supposed to be a first-person StarCraft for FPS uh, StarCraft game. However, insiders uh, at Blizzard basically said that that got canned just so that they could get Overwatch 2 out, a mm-hmm. game that's not that old. And, you know, it, what you call it? it was a phenomenal success for Blizzard only because it was built off the backbone of Project Titan, which, for those who don't know, Project Titan was supposed to be an MMO FPS, which they had in development for... I, I, it was a crazy number of years. I swear they started it just after the release of... Um, uh, World of Warcraft back in 2005. It was maybe a year or two later. Yeah, maybe a year or two later. But they they were like re they had been at it for like years and years trying to build something that had never been done before, an effectively viable MMO FPS. And I don't know if they actually specified why it was canned. Um, you know, speculations could be mm. that they thought it wasn't viable. Speculations could be that Activision said, nope, pulling the plug now. No more funding for you guys. Pump out a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's that's the cynicism in me. But what came from the ashes of Project Titan was Overwatch. Yeah, and now they're doing Overwatch 2 because you have a successful IP, why not make a 2? <laughs> Right, uh, I just want to make a few clarifications and corrections. First of all, mm-hmm. Zeno, you didn't list Shadowlands in your list of future upcoming things. I apologize, I did miss it. Yeah, so you did miss Shadowlands, which is a big, which is, as a, uh, Michelle said, the things for WoW, that is a yep. massive addition for the WoW going forwards. Mm-hmm. And in theory, it should be a good expansion because they seem to go between good expansion, bad expansion, mm. good expansion. And we just had a pretty bad expansion, I can tell you. Oh, that. God, yeah. Uh, then the next point you were saying about Blizzard cutting games. Now, obviously that may have been the case. Activision may have turned around and said it, but I will just go to defend Blizzard, which I don't want to do at this point. Why am I doing this to myself? Blizzard have a history of cutting games mm-hmm. that they they just feel like, nope, this isn't up to smuff. And I know that will include Zeno, one of Zeno's favorite thing projects, which he loves to rewatch the YouTube video of, of Warcraft 3 Lord of the Clans, I think it is. 
Yeah, that's it. But obviously that then bled in. That was then. Sorry, it's just Warcraft Lord of the Clans. Oh, Warcraft, sorry, Warcraft Lord of the Clans. Yes. So that was then taken and then reused as part of the story for Warcraft Three. And then there's the other one, which is Starcraft Ghost, which was yep. a console third-person action game. Which again, they just completely cut. We've ne- we've had, at least with Lord of the Clans, I think some some clever clog snuck out a version of the game. We've pretty much seen the whole game, which still looked hilarious, with good fun, but not. I couldn't understand why they did, did stop it being released. Then with sorry with Starcraft Ghost, we haven't even seen head nor tail of it, but that was going to be a third-person action on PlayStation uh, Two era generation. Is that fourth? No, it was, it, was, it was second second generation. So it's PlayStation Two game. Oh, like, no, so I was going to go for the true history of console generations. Like you know, I can't remember which. Era oh no, that's it's it's much older than that. Like I think it's seven, like I don't know, six, seven. Anyway, yeah. it was going to be on the PS Two era of roughly yep. consoles. That but then the... canned, and the story was then re-implemented into StarCraft Two. Mm-hmm. But do you know why it was canned? I don't know what you why it was canned. So they actually they actually gave a reason why it was canned. They were trying to aim for too large an audience. The original design, oh, yeah, yeah, they were going to be. A, it was supposed to be an espionage game like Metal Gear Solid. That was the whole premise of the plot. You were Nova, a Terran ghost who was sneaking through environments, fighting Zerg, um, Protoss, and even other. Terran, but they also try to have a multiplayer element to it, which introduced Battlefield 1942 elements where you had to have a base, you had to have vehicles, and, and basically they realized, oh, this has gone out of control. We need, we need to, we need to axe this. This is a mess. Um, yeah, yeah. so that's that's why they canned it. But it makes sense. I think Command and Conquer Renegade. Was again they tried the similar thing with yeah. the multiplayer thing and it just it just didn't didn't work. It didn't work. No. So when it comes but, to but still, so my finishing point on that is that if we look historically, that's two examples where Blizzard do close down projects and then re-implement that material mm-hmm. into the next development and it improves the bigger release. They could equally be doing that with their canning of StarCraft two. They could take all that assets and repurpose it into something else. Who knows? Who knows? I'm just saying okay. that that is possibility. Yeah. Like one thing that one thing that I'm wondering about with, um, of course, online games um, or online service games, um, a lot of games being canned with before they're being released is something that just tends to happen. Like like ideas are created and then they have to be developed, and during that process of of creating the idea and then developing it through and then seeing it through to the finished product, a lot of things can happen. And as we point, uh, as you guys pointed out. Um, like with numerous titles they found out that it was too much or that it just didn't work and they had to slash it and they had to like start on something else which could then take from the abandoned project which is something which i think is perfectly natural and can happen to any sort of creative endeavor so i don't really think that um uh, unreleased titles are necessarily too bad a thing because it just happens to be um i'm wondering whether this like modern age of online gaming has a bigger impact on uh titles being shut down in the sense of so yeah so you know you have a point right the whole thing with you know they will shut down game for the sake of they didn't think it was the right fit they didn't think it was gonna be successful Mm -hmm. you know they owned the reason why they shut it down Mm -hmm. but the problem here for warcraft three we forged is the apology message that they put out was it earlier today 
22 hours ago. 22 hours ago. Which basically says, I'm sorry that your expectations were too high. It's it's not actually, yeah, we done fucked up. It It's actually, you know, the, the first paragraph basically says that, you know, the ownership of the expectations is on you. I not the fact that... Someone's been watching Young Yin's video because I think he says that. I'll read the line. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, off. We want to say we're so we we are sorry to those of you who didn't have the experience you wanted, and we like to share our plans for what's coming next. It's like what the fuck? You know why why don't why don't you just like fucking take my wallet and tell me you know bend over? So I have to say that with Warcraft Forever Forge, there is a bigger problem. It's a different situation because it's something that has actually been released and is actually being sold for money, and. The way that it was sold for money for most of the pre-orders was with the expectations that they created. And if you look at the trailer and the trailer isn't accurate depictions of what it is in game, then they have missold you and they have created expectations for you. And if that's in the general audience, then they done fucked up with creating false expectations. I am um, more arguing of games which were like kind of announced or like in the pipeline people heard about it and then before they were even released and people put money down there can't because like shit happens i think that's a mm. way different situation than when you're trailering something and then asking people to pre-order and buy it and they can actually spend money on it and it's it's just not what was shown that's a different situation um something else that i wanted to highlight is with games being cut in the modern day is if a game was released not online um before the days of online, when a game was released, there was no development cycle much after that, unless we're talking about like Pokemon with their third iteration of the game, which always like slightly improved, or if we're talking about games that had like big bugs that had to be fixed, and then you had like a revised edition. At that time, if they were to change from from like a IP to another, I think that the impact of that IP being shut down at that time would have been less than right now what we're facing with online titles where the games are actively being played right now and active development of active online games is kind of expected by player bases who are playing that online game so that when a game has been running for a long period of time maybe a perfectly long or way longer period of time than a standard ip not online was expected to run then it comes across as much harsher and much much more with maybe ill intent towards the fan bases that the IP is shut down whereas actually it's like a logical part of the developmental cycle of IPs because as a studio you cannot continue to run an unlimited number of IPs without innovating brands I agree with you entirely and I don't well no I, I do but I think part of the problem is that the motive behind some of these shutdowns are absolutely ludicrous because i mean you know we laws um i don't know who you got it from or whether or not it's your own thought you said that the reason why they released it is to um for the f uh, end of the fiscal year yeah, yeah 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 um who did you get that from i just know when the quarterly earnings report is fair enough so laws <laughs> got it from himself good man um but the the and we've seen that with Anthem as well. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. one thing that I found very interesting 
is obviously Activision. I okay. I think it's you know mass consensus that Activision have a hand in this, mm-hmm. right? But the thing that I found very interesting earlier today, I discovered that the only ongoing series of games that Activision currently has, even though it's listed otherwise, is Call of Duty. Games like Skylanders, right, that have been, um, which got, that have got quite a lot of games behind them, even though they're reported to still be going, right, have had no games for like last few years, right? Even franchises like Crash Bandicoot uh, and Spyro have, you know, oh, they're still ongoing. No, you, you just did a, uh, what's got a remaster of Spyro and a remaster of Crash Bandicoot. That's, that's, not ongoing. There's a huge 10-year gap between those two titles. You can't tell me that they're still ongoing. But the only one that's actually consistently had a game every year is Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a part, a part of me feels that this, like, oh, just, just get it out. Just get it out. Is massively coming. Well, I feel that um, when it comes to the to, to this statement I was making towards like shutting down IPs where was like shutting down IPs for online games as opposed to like traditional games was more um, a point directed towards the statements we were making around well Blizzard have dropped certain IPs or or they seem to be focusing a lot more on others than they than they have been have done so before and that might be like a a really bad move or that might be like a change in management it's like it's there like I think that there could be just a fell up reason where Maybe we do not agree, but someone sees a reason as to why certain IPs are more important than others, and then, and then shuts them down, which is which is a practice that happened before, but right now is like frowned upon way more because these IPs are like online services or online games, as opposed to previous games which weren't online. So weren't there the, the connection between it being developed and being shut down wasn't as close as it was when you just bought a disc and the disc would just remain the same no matter what the developer did um when it comes to the release of something like anthem something like um warcraft free report or as i would also um point out as an example uh warframes railjack i think that they are very different situations from someone deciding to either shut down an IP because they they want to focus on something else or not deciding to release a game or, or, an, or an IP because whatever reasons they feel like or, bef- or even before it's been announced or released, it's more of a a promised deadline or a deadline followed up by people within the company and it being pushed out against, well better reasoning so that a less than minimal viable product enters the market for full market price or well in warframe's case not market price but still less than mvp product enters the market right fair enough there's, there's some points in there but I, I as you say about dropping ips and things like the first things we said about the the, the blizzard games that we said were dropped none of them were actually announced Mm-hmm. So I think it's a bit no, of a difference. Were. No, no, they didn't get it. They didn't get a BlizzCon announcement. Oh, but that's I mean, because Blizz, uh, BlizzCon didn't exist back then. 
Oh no, I mean like the sorry, the the newest one. Let's say like StarCraft. Uh, StarCraft Ghost didn't get a BlizzCon announcement. I don't no, know if because they had BlizzCon didn't exist back then. But then the latest one, the FPS, they just cut that. Fair point. Without, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, S- we're same move. We're talking about Diablo. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. We're talking about he's talking about online games, just the modern thing, and it's, you mm-hmm. know, they just cut these things. So, but Warcraft Three has been announced. It was announced. It was a big thing. They, I, you know, I want to focus on that because it's like just, just, just to tell you just how much they push this. They even gave you a special mount in World of Warcraft if you pre-ordered it. Wow. The yeah. fuck. You got the meat wagon as a mount. If you had, if you pre-ordered it, so obviously they were definitely pushing this. Definitely, decided. they wanted to release this, and I wanted to take on that point that you had there, Michelle, about uh, where one uh, you said about IP, but I don't think it is because they, they they want the IPs. IPs are important in the games because even if it goes into the fridge for a bit, they can still pull it out and come out a new game. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the you saying about the overwriting and things was quite interesting there. That there's one key issue that Warcraft Three Reforged does in that it kind of overwrites if if you own. If you own Warcraft 3, Reign of Chaos and Frozen Throne on your Battle.net client, Reforged, in the back end, in a lot of ways, overrides those games that you already own, sorry, you already bought, you already owned, you still could use from Blizzard. You, I think the online features are gone now. That doesn't, the Reign of Battle.net doesn't exist. But you can still download them. You can still play them. You can still download the custom games off of legacy websites on, on the internet, and I can still play them and enjoy them. That's now gone because they've overwritten an existing game they already used to sell with this new product, which is half-assed. So it's not to do with IP or anything. They are openly crushing their original product with their newer product, even though their newer product is inferior, just to go bring everything under one umbrella. And why is... So one thing I would like to move into is, well, why are they doing this? And I I, I see some notes here, and one thing I would see these into, maybe we should move on to, is about the... the Should companies take ownership of custom maps and mods? Because we haven't really ex- talked about that one yet. So does someone want to highlight that and we'll move into that as a discussion because i think this is very interesting yeah well i i think that um that that might be a very valid reason why they may have attempted to move it under the new launcher um i entirely get your point as to why it's really infuriating that you have previously bought games which are now being affected and automatically being turned into this new game which is abiding by different terms of services which is a different worst product and like like it's like it's like literally a new game comes out which is worse and then they take away your cartridges of the good games you owned and give you exactly, this yeah. and it's like why the hell do you touch the things that that i liked like i don't want to buy your new thing but i really enjoyed the things i own don't touch the things i don't i can 100 understand it but yeah. why might they have done that uh is another point of a lot of controversy is the um custom no, is the terms of service surrounding custom maps um as far as I'm aware, custom maps were a really large part of Warcraft 3. And the custom map community that built these things uh, not only spawned games like, like Dota, which have been a great success um, ever since they teamed up with Felv to create that, and not teamed up with, well, Blizzard had no interest at the time, which means that like they lost like an IP that was started from, from one of their IPs as a custom map was built into a pretty big ip with a competitor i don't think blizzard i don't think blizzard wanted to um steal that idea i i I think blizzard were like good you've made something of yourself we want to encourage you to do that Mm -hmm. right you know so i don't think that they're in any capacity wanting to um you know basically put the bash on anyone else trying to make another mode 
Yeah, well, however, right now, uh, the terms of service with Reforge state that if you... Sorry, no, sorry, sorry, hang on. I just want to go back to Cena. You're saying in the past or now? Blizzard no, in the past. Yeah. So in no, the... they, they passed on it. What do you mean they the, passed on I'm pretty sure the developers back in the day of Dota were like, oh, we'd love to hear from Blizzard. We'd love to, you know, make this more of a thing. And Blizzard were like, oh, that's nice. You keep playing your custom game. Yeah, but and the point later, was... Yeah. That, that, that became an issue. They then turned around and tried to sue. No, I thought Valve were trying to sue them. No, because Blizzard's Blizzard sued because they were or yeah, well Blizzard were trying to own well, okay, Blizzard were trying to make their game and Valve owned them. I'm not sure which way on the suing, but then all of a sudden Blizzard I'm pretty sure the developers of when they did it in Dota 2 would have really appreciated if, if they turned Blizzard turned to them and said, We want to make this a full game. We want to make this this is amazing. They would have just leaped on it. If Blizzard offered them contracts and said, Yeah, yeah. we're gonna build it, they would have leapt on it right there and then. They didn't, they were like, nah, it's fine, it's just a custom game, who cares? It comes and goes. And then they made a big thing, and I'm not sure which way around. Then they tried to make their own, and either Valve sued them, or they sued Valve for the name or something. And that's when it all kicked off. But at first, they had the opportunity. They had them in their custom game, but they just ignored it. Yeah. They just flat out ignored it. Yeah. Oh, so who tried to... Who tried to sue who is a fair question. Yeah. Anyway, well, while you guys are looking that up, um, basically, their new terms of service state that if you create a custom map within Warcraft 3 Reforged, you will not own any of that because Blizzard will own that. And Blizzard will own the, the rights to the entire thing, will, will own the promotional rights and moral rights, which means that they do not have to uh, credit you as a custom app creator if you create something um, which they decide to move on or push forward with. They don't have to do that because you have agreed to their terms of service that everything that you made is their property. Um, now that might. I found sorry, but pause yeah. I'll explain it. It's a after Valve tried to trademark the term Dota, Blizzard filed a notice of opposition. Their position was that Valve was essentially stealing a brand name that had been established by a Blizzard product. That was it. Yeah. They further alleged that Valve's use of the yeah, term Dota right. 2 would cause games to think mm -hmm. Blizzard somehow supported the product. Yep, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So it was Blizzard. Oh, anyway, sorry. Back to you, Michelle. Yeah. So. You can initially think that this change in terms of service might be a very, like, money-grabbing thing. It's like, everything that you make, we own, and if we feel that there's potential in it, we can make money from it, not you, because it's not your thing anymore. Um, however, there can also be... Um, there also raises the question with who owns what, uh, especially when it comes to custom maps that have been very heavily influenced by different IPs, because there were also custom maps where... They very much borrowed from from like other popular things that weren't owned by Blizzard. It's like if they are put in in their game by users as custom maps, where does copyright stand at that point? Also, like it's not crazy to think about in the case where Blizzard is suing Valve for Dota, a game created out of one of their custom maps, which was created on their game. Again, arises the question of where does this copyright come from? As we saw with uh, PUBG and Fortnite, it's again like these two game modes where one is clearly inspired by the other and build upon something else. It's like, like would this idea have existed without the original thing being there? So I think mm -hmm. that there are some legitimate reasons as to why some decisions may have been made. However, I feel that this has dealt like a huge death blow to like the custom app community. Yeah. So the 
some of the other maps that used to be very popular was Defense of Helm's Deep, I think. There were Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings themed maps, very popular. I think the new new rules say if you used any copyrighted products, it just will just, your your map will be banned. You you cannot cannot Mm -hmm. use maps Mm -hmm. of that. And (laughs) the more worrying thing, I don't know if anyone's watched Teal vs. Babyface's video on this today. No, so no. he apparently has his he has a Blizzard insider, apparently, and he's verified it, but he's not said who they are. And this insider has revealed very worryingly to him that there are a lot of custom maps being made with questionable content. Mm. And he didn't want to know what the questionable content was. The, the insider said I can show it to you. But the legal thing of the EULA means that Blizzard now owns that questionable content. Horrific, Ooh. horrible, nasty, dirty content. Blizzard now officially own it by that license agreement oh my god i never thought of that like oh this is okay so like i was gonna bring up in the sense of like where should copyright necessarily stand even if you own copyright over something um like let's say you own a copyright over um lord of the rings the custom map you mentioned um yeah that yeah yeah like if you own copyright over that would you necessarily sue or that custom map because like I think that there's a long way, especially what we what you find with online creators and um, especially like creators that like copyright free their music and stuff like that. Like they know that by having it being featured in other forms of media, it becomes part of pop culture. And as we've seen with a lot of memes, like the spreading of that of that like meme or that thing through pop culture does a lot of good for your brand um, as opposed to like locking everything down. Uh, and like not having anyone touch your your property uh, unless they own an entire license. So I think that that's like 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 I think there's 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 like a gray area where like you might not even want to like necessarily sue. However, uh, what we've seen with YouTube is that like they've massively like struck down and like copyrighted stuff. And um, if if you if you compare it to like a few years ago, especially because with Article 14 being introduced mm. by European legislators, that piece of legislation is trying to make YouTube responsible for all the content that's on their website, which is something which YouTube yeah. doesn't want because that means that whatever someone uploads and you don't know what someone might upload, if there's some copyrighted shit in there, someone can like sue. Right now, well, no, we... no, it, not not that they can sue is that YouTube, the platform, is the one responsible for the content being there. And yeah. I do believe it's something along the lines, it's, it's very odd and specific. They then have, the moment the content is uploaded that they that is not legal to be there, they have 12 hours to get rid of it. Now, they might, the thing is, think how many, I don't know, I, I yeah. don't know the statistic, but the amount of footage that is uploaded to YouTube per day uh, cannot be looked at. minute, I think it's like, um, oh Christ! So I see it's like thirty or three hundred hours are uploaded it's, per minute. It's insane. In every minute, three hundred hours. Every... Of... Yeah, and, right. So and, it's it's. And the yeah, the, the thing is, is that recently or a couple of months ago, there was there uh, there was some some sort of like famous person that tried to copy strike uh, videos that used his name because mm. he believed that his name was his own property. And if people use that, then he was entitled to all the things. And like, as we've seen, there have been incre- there have been a number of crazy copyright issues related to striking of a channel, uh, unfair claiming of content. However, the fact that that happens is just because it's pretty unmanageable with the great size of like user uploaded content. So, yeah. for, so if YouTube wants to be 
not sued into oblivion or like risk losing a case where they can lose massively it's better for them to side in case of is this copyright or not with the side of well it's probably your your right and if it's not then like it sucks for the creator that's lost some money but if you're right if we're choose for the creator and you're right then like we're at risk so it's it's super tough to decide these issues especially when it comes to this being all ruled by bots basically because no human can can judge this so yeah i've i've always said article 13 has kind of spells the death of social media because if you as platforms are responsible for the content uploaded on your platform and you cannot ensure that in that every individual will not upload something that might potentially be copyrighted which which you can then you can then you better not allow anyone to 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 post anything so basically it's a bit more complicated than that because it won't it probably would affect the big established platforms too much mm-hmm. because they can pay licenses and what they, will probably happen is for instance it, it comes down to things like newspapers like if i if i'm on facebook and i hear hey look at this guardian article i think it's stupid look at the title blah, 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 if i'm just saying that and then i'm linking it onto facebook facebook would need to pay a link tax to the guardian for me linking that article so what will probably happen for the big big companies is there'll be like big licenses they can sign up to. So Facebook will sign up if they want to continue. I, they might just pull out of, of Europe continue p- permanently. It might yeah. just be like, yeah, that's it. We're, if this is going through as currently, we just can't do it. And that's what the head of YouTube has said currently. It's like, we can't, we can't put this. But what might happen is these license, they might have to pay a license fee to like all the newspapers and it's all grouped together. And it's very- what it will stop is if a smaller platform wants to try and get big, the next Facebook, the next Twitter, the next mm-hmm. Instagram, will be crushed because there's no way they can sign up to this sort of system. Then they're just fledging getting out. And and it's this closing of the Wild West is what it is. And it's the same thing back in Warcraft 3. So, you know, look, a whole game genre that has entertained people around the world, that has made an industry, you know, MOBAs are an industry, you know, Mm -hmm. with the esports, with the artwork, with the the games themselves, it is a massive faction portion of the uh, gaming as a whole and it affects people across the whole world Mm -hmm. that would never have happened probably as a renaissance or you know as an addition thing without that free wild west that the custom game area of warcraft 3 is and i'm just gonna add a little i will go to you but i'm just gonna the the doesn't get as much saying but i would also see tower defenses as well were kind of pioneered a bit more in that it was it starcraft as well starcraft was that first game to have tower defense no, I meant because they had custom games as well, didn't they, in StarCraft? But it wasn't as big as I was. Uh, but it was like, yeah, technically, it wasn't as big. The Warcraft Three creator was much easier to make things. In. But it's like these these Blizzard platforms where they made a game and you could you could experiment like a little playground, a sandbox per se. You know, that's where invention was had. And tower defenses, I think, did get there was a lot of tower defense maps on these Warcraft things. And you know, I think that revolutionized a little bit. Not as big as MOBAs, obviously, but you know, tower defenses we see today. I bet you a lot of people making them probably made tower defenses back in Warcraft three days. And so without those Wild Wests, without that freedom to create what you want, you're not gonna get innovation. <laughs> and that's what's down because of the risk and the worry that we might not we might not steal the golden egg is just ridiculous. Well, like what I find like really interesting is that this is something where youtube stands in and says this is insane that you're forcing this onto us because 
we cannot ensure all of this. We cannot take mm. responsibility for all of this, of, of all of what's uploaded. We are here as an open square where everyone can voice their opinion and everyone that voices their opinion has the individual responsibility. So if you have a problem with someone, you go to the individual. We're just here to service the platform, um, which I find a very reasonable position to take. However, now Blizzard just pretty much voluntarily through their terms of service takes this position where they say, mm. now we're responsible. And yeah, I hadn't thought about what you said about like the very questionable custom maps. It's like, yeah, they're now responsible for this too. Why would you want to take the responsibility for that? Like, yeah. that's insane. I, I can't understand it. That being, said, no. that being said, like one interesting thing, which I find when you're talking about the licenses with like the bigger platforms is mm. that like, does that like okay so like we have this really weird thing with cop out where now creators are responsible for the data that's being gathered uh by youtube which they have no access to but anyway uh however right now youtube is responsible for their content but they can buy licenses does that mean that after they buy their licenses everyone can start uploading like <laughs> like all the copyrighted content because youtube has their licenses it's like if the, if if, the, if a, say if universal were willing to if youtube could give enough money to warner Bros or universal so that there's a license then people could chop up universal films and upload them to youtube if if, if universal would be willing to sell a license for that i doubt they would it's more things like maybe tv shows or tv industries like the bbc might have a license because they don't they, they, they like to get it as a revenue and thing and they just hand it out and people can make silly little videos on youtube with their content then that's what they'll do. But I doubt you'll see like movies or maybe, for instance, like at music videos, music videos used to be just banned on YouTube. There was a period where you could not use music, any copyright music. Now they've realized the importance of it. And just, you, you just see the, mm -hmm. the see channels that just own the rights to these music videos and they just pull money that way. So they realized, hang on a minute, why are we fighting this? Just get on the, get on the money train. Yeah. But I, I find it so fascinating, Dan, um, whenever I see, I actually, I actually have a perfect example where, if you take a look at like recent age creators or recent age um, content producers online that have grown up with this online platform, like like a PewDiePie, you will see that whenever they produce content, they will always say, "Feel free to use this within reason." So if you're gonna like re-upload yeah. this, like let's say his song "Bitch Lasagna" or "Mind All Day" or whatever he created, congratulations! If you're gonna upload it and it's in its entirety, yeah, we're gonna strike it because like hmm. like you're just copying it but if you're going to use this music as like background footage if you're going to make a parody of it if you're going to use it in your meme compilation like feel free to do it because they know that the spread of these things or like for reaction videos for whatever will bring the brand a lot more positive attraction or just traction in general uh, rather than whether they when they were when they're like trying to cut everything off like what we've seen with Nintendo over the last couple of like that well, over the last decade where they were really hammering down on everyone playing doing let's plays on Nintendo games that they would strike your channel into oblivion if you covered Nintendo uh, content where yeah, yeah. it happened just that everyone stepped away from it they're like nope we're not going to talk about this and you've yeah. seen games especially something like Warframe which has really benefited from the online exposure that they got then you see the um the bigger like like the older more traditional studios that are really focused on their on their content and like i do not get it like what is the benefit of striking one single okay perfect example um there was like the star wars uh, fan made video 
um it, it was a, oh, yeah. it, it's a series that's like set between like episode movie. three and episode four it's called fader it's fantastic it's completely fan made uh it's looks so good and they even asked like disney like can we use anything from you and they said no no way and then they were like okay then we're going to create our entire their own thing and they create their entirely own, own music and score based on like the star wars franchise to make it feel star wars and then disney got yeah. distracted and it's like uh, why do you do that correct that i want to correct that that was an automated it wasn't disney it was an automated thing that did it lucasfilm stepped in and said mm-hmm. No, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> we like this. <laughs> You're going to turn all those off and let them have their... I don't think they monetized it. They were... That was the thing. It was that they, the Disney's or whatever authority or the thing were actually monetizing it for themselves when originally it was not monetized. Mm-hmm. It was Lucasfilm yep. that stepped in and said, no. <laughs> Let's... This This is... They liked it. They thought it should be free. They did check with us first and we said these things. They did. They followed what we said. This should not be monetized in our favor. It should be not monetized. It should be mm-hmm. put out as a fan thing and do it. And then it was changed back to that. And it was... It was more of an automated pickup it wasn't the disney looked at it and went cool we need to get some money off of this it was mm-hmm. a it was more of an automated system pickup that you know some yeah. or somebody sitting in an office somewhere just clicking buttons you know not really thinking so it wasn't really intentional but still it's it, it has a real effect on um on the creator itself and i think that even if you have automated systems you are responsible for your more automated uh, automated systems if they copy strike a channel you gotta protect the take that responsibility like you install the automated system it may have made an error but it like it it has a huge effect on the creator itself however youtube aside um do you not think that because of the custom maps which blizzard during that time before reforge may not have owned do you not think that because of the custom maps loads more copies of warcraft 3 were sold and loads more people got into it because there was this great extra edition of user content within this game like yeah yeah i'm pretty sure people would have bought it just for dota i'm pretty sure oh there i I think in fact no i think i even bought a copy my friend asked me to buy a copy because they borrowed my copy liked it and then i I went out got them a copy sold them they gave me the money mm-hmm. for it it's just so because they also wanted to play these custom apps they just thought this is amazing so yeah i, I definitely get that happened but and now with this new one so go back to what they changed they made I honestly think we might be missing out on the next MOBA, the next RTS revolution. We could easily be missing out from it because this is the next platform. And they've just tamped down on it. So I think this is terrible, personally. Anyone else no. want to finish off on, on what they think? Do you, do you think they should... I mean, personally, I think they should undo that. They should just remove it. I'm. They should put in the... They should word it differently because at the moment they're just saying they flat out own the intellectual property rights of it. I think that there should be a bit more looser restrictions on it, but I can understand why they don't. They want to clamp, have a little bit of handhold on it, but they they just tight gripped it, and it's just too far. Well, I'm I, I'm wondering in the sense of um, how would you go about this looser approach? Because like you you have to keep in mind that joint need... ownership, just like yeah. they own the IP as well as you. That's it. Like they don't need uh, your permission to use it you don't need their permission that's it that's that's how you do it it's how, uh, what it was like at the universe yeah that's how universities so, run yeah yeah so if you discover something cool and crazy you have joint ownership as well as the university so the university can sell it but so can you so what if what if you create your custom app it becomes a really good game and then you decide to branch it out what would happen then? Like, would they? Would you have to split the profit? Um, no. 
So if yeah. you make something based on that IP, mm -hmm. all the profits go to you, mm -hmm. right? This this isn't a um, um, a sharehold, or a, I don't know how would you describe it. So literally, but it's what you do with it, right? So likewise, yeah. they make a game franchise off of it, then, you know, you, mm -hmm. they, I can't sue them, right? Yeah. They have the, the equal IP rights. Though, if they innovate, if they, they, they yeah, from the base intellectual property, if they make a game from it, and then you base your game off of elements in their game that yes. are part of the original property, then you're liable, yeah. But if you, yeah. If you try, if you make a game on Dota, oh, sorry, on Blizzard's client, and then you go off and make the next no, sorry, they then take that concept and turn it into the next MOBA, and you turn it into the next cooking simulator, there's, there's no problem, but you can, you know, yeah, it's no overlap yeah. there, yeah. So you, just, but, you so... just share the IP, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, like, the, the thing, the thing which I'm really curious about when it comes to these copyright laws, especially when it comes also to um, like the copyright infringement of different intellectual properties with custom maps within um, Warcraft yeah. Free Reforged, which they're gonna like, they're gonna have to deal with because they own it now. It's like, how would you go about writing that into the law? Because a lot of times, what you see, uh, I think like a year or two ago, there was this big controversy on YouTube around like the sponsor named BetterHelp, which was like an online provider of um, therapy. Where in their terms of service, they said, we're not responsible for the education and quality of the therapists we offer. Um, you have to, like, guarantee that yourself. And, like, that made, people, made a lot of people angry because they were like, well, you're selling a service, but you're not even guaranteeing that these people are professionals. However, the reason they put that in is because you have to be very strict when it comes to the law. Because if you're not very strict about the law and you're, very, you're really vague, things like COPPA can happen where we don't necessarily know if your content is created for kids or not. So you could be fine making money of it or you could be fined $45,000. We don't know because the law is really fake. Like laws need to be kind of like strictly applied. So then when it comes... It also, it also depends on your country because you mm -hmm. may actually have laws within your country you don't know about that basically protect your intellectual property. So a company can turn around and say like, oh, but you made it with our thing. So it's of no, I am a citizen of this country, therefore you are um, subject to its laws as well, right? You yeah. cannot force your crap on me. The same with the whole Australian guy that tried to get his money back for Warcraft 3 Reforged. It's like, yes, but I bought it as an Australian citizen in Australia using Australian dollars. You know, you have broken Australian, uh, what was the, the law they broke? Consumer rights, I think. Yes, it was consumer rights, right? Mm -hmm. So it would be the same in the UK, right? You know, you have broken consumer rights within the UK. You are subject to its laws, right? It's, it's quite interesting that... Uh, <laughs> this is what I was watching. I don't know if anyone's watched Arch Warhammer's video on this. He was saying no, something about this. But uh, one of the things... These laws are... It's tricky. These laws are kind of out of date. And they're not meant for a digital age. They are mm -hmm. clearly not. And it takes... The law takes forever to catch up. And normally when it catches up originally, it can be very iron-fisted. Because, let's be fair, the people who are making these laws don't even understand what digital products are or video games. Now, one of these consumer rights is that sometimes that you're able to return a game within 30 days, return a product within 30 days. I think that's definitely in the UK, especially if you find a fault with it. Now, in theory, in theory, you could find any bug in a video game, because there's always at least one bug, mm -hmm. and claim that the game is faulty. And in the UK, 
within 30 days by the consumer rights law in some respect you should get your money back i'm not an expert on this someone correct me if i'm wrong but i'm sure you could fudge the law or smooth it over in that direction i think but it's a lot of okay i think in the uk it's one year and it has to work um un- so it doesn't work as intended i so think if one a- year no one year no that's not it's a bit the one year one is for certain products like expensive products like uh, electronic items i think it covers like a t-shirt you do not have a one-year returns policy on a t-shirt let's be fair that's, it's that's fair days. that's fair it's but it, it is, the basic one is 30 days it is like you know it ha- it's, it's, it doesn't work as intended that's yes, the, yeah, um, yeah. the the important part it's like one bug which is like you know oh that character has no skin wouldn't count you know it it's like the game just doesn't run on the computer. No, I think well, it's. I think the, it's a bit specific because it's not specific that some of those, the, the skin of a character or his eyeballs. I mean, you could see some of the wrestling games lately that the the graphics are all over the place. That could easily be said to be not as intended. I mean, yeah, I you think couldn't find you one could, little you one little graphical a, effect flickering is not going to be enough. But you know, but like you could argue it's a, a defect. Like, oh look, that bit of the the chassis of my fridge is like chipped. Right, the the fridge still works for its intended purpose. The game still runs, even though that character does not have a skin. Well, yeah, okay. It, it, we're we're nitpicking. We're nitpicking here. Yeah. My point. My point. This is not my point at all because it's, it's, you can debate on these things, and that's kind of the point. The thing is, though, not many video games would you within thirty days you could complete pretty much every video game, mm-hmm. the one video game. So. In theory, should you be able to just get a refund on every video you play? Now, a lot of people wouldn't do this. I would never bother, of course. I think it's too much effort, and I like owning the video games myself because I might replay them. But in theory, that's how it should be for some areas. Now, personally, it's because these... It's exactly the same as the previous topic. Oh, it's the topic we're talking about. I can't remember the topic we're talking about now. Uh, the, the, the same with the, with the rights of these intellectual properties of these things. The law hasn't caught up to what a digital no. product is. And... In theory, there's other things that they should should catch up with to do with online games and when they cease. And that's with permanently on games. When they cease, I personally feel that the there should be a law which demands that you well you put uh, not subscription ones. There's a lovely video I should really link you. I, I think I've linked it to Zeno at one point mm-hmm. that explains this. That no, oh, I've had to link it to you again. It's from a Cursed Farms, and he's, oh, he's doing a bit of a crusade yes. about. Mm-hmm closed closed on permanently on games now it doesn't count for subscription games because they are you're paying for a service in that respect but free to play games are games where you buy and then they have an online element Mm -hmm. and some of them which are permanently online even though you buy them for a fixed price when they close down you can't even play that game again it's gone you bought a product but the product is no longer functional well there because they're refusing to support it there's a law in europe that states that um if you buy a digital product you should either always be able to like own it and like like have something which you can transfer so let's say with steam games like you can like you have a game which you can like transfer as a digital product but if your digital product ceases to exist you need to get something of from of value in worth. return you have to get you have to retain something of value so when it comes I... to like games like warframe let's say warframe were to shut down and you've invested money into prime access warframe would need to give you something either of digital I... worth or of like worth in order to comply with that because you've sunken money into if a this, product if, that ceases to be if this law exists there's probably a caveat it's not permanent i can tell you that and it's probably a caveat on it on like again 
if the if you buy something in an online game, there's probably like a thirty days thing that beyond thirty days they are able to drop it. Because I can promise it's... you, because I play app games and there's an app game I played, Star Ocean Animesis, and I put money towards that. It was running in the EU and they closed the global version last year in November and they didn't have to pay any money out. It's so... the it's the same law um about Hearthstone was the one that was brought up using this example. But basically if Hearthstone shut down in the EU, all they have to do is basically print out like pieces of paper with the cards um, from Hearthstone, and then it's oh, here's your set of cards. I'm 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 still very dubious on this because I've not me about. It. I can't remember this one myself. Years ago, years ago. Oh, it's clearly either been reformed or not implemented because I've yet to receive anything for the things I put it towards. And I'm and one and another game actually playing uh, Final Fantasy Mobius. Love that on my phone. It's going about four years now. I think that's closing down in June. I've put mm. a bit of money towards that. And they're not having to give me anything. So I'm not sure how this law is, but again, it's probably out of date. But anyway, my point is that they need to... What I think should come into play is that these developers, they should release in some way a part that, you know, the server code or part of it so that people could, if they wanted to... I know it'd be a lot of effort on their half, but they they have the... Yeah, they could make their own private server. And it's important, in my opinion, not just for consumer rights, but also for the act of preserving games that we're losing at the moment we're losing what is essentially i mean you can debate it but i think video games on some level are an art form Mm. we're losing art of our generation right now just because companies cannot be asked to put out a limited thing so that people can make their own private servers of a video game and some sometimes people do but it is a lot of work to reverse engineer server code and rebuild servers and it's, it's it's almost insane how and i hats off to anyone who's able to achieve these things but i that's what i think needs to be changed as well so Right, I, we are living in a world where the law has not caught yeah. up to computer games in any way. Right. Well, I I really agree with your idea of that. There needs to be a way to if you bought a online game and the game shuts down for either you to have a way given by the developer where it's like you can still host this game in your own time, you can still access this thing, but we're not going to develop it and we're not going to like host these servers. We're just not going to do it, but you can do it if you want to. However, there are two concerns that I have with us. Like, number one, if the developer were to um, hand over, like, hand over, like, server code for people to run it on their own, then is what's stopping them, what's stopping these people from uh, modding onto it or creating onto it, making their own piece of content from uh, the server code that has been released? And if that no, happens... But I agree if, with you. If, yeah, no. if that happens, and let's say, like, let's say, for example, like, let's say Warframe were to shut down, the two extremes were to say, here's the server code, like, you, you guys can run this on your own, and someone decides, oh, I'm going to run this on my own, and they're going to, like, create, like, mod onto it and build onto it, and then the digital extremes decides, like, we want to continue with, like, Warframe 2 or, like, this property, then all of a sudden there's this Warframe modded version, which is then competing with, with their product, like, wouldn't that be a giant risk for these companies for their they wouldn't give out the code they wouldn't at that point in time they wouldn't give out the code it's the same as um world of warcraft the whole vanilla servers that were running perhaps the ages Mm -hmm. that those servers were not handed out by um god blizzard entertainment they they were reverse engineered like laws described Mm -hmm. and pretty much every server got a cease and desist right so, yeah. you so know, the reason why exists exists is because, and the, the reason why is in theory, even if you're not 
because these things normally well first of all these things have to operate for free because it's immediately mm-hmm. if they're trying to earn money they are earning property off in their others intellectual property and instantly they can get attacked legally however then there's the debate of are they reducing our income on our intellectual property because they also exist as a side product and that's why blizzard had to kill all these other servers so they could run classic because up to that point though they weren't running classic that they, they they are but there's, there's there's things you could do what you and i agree with the, you but, on the, the, the example you gave michelle but i won't be long the what they could do and if there's a change in the law you could make it that when they close down the game they have to hand over the ability to make the server code to a third party developer and that sorry third party company and their job is just to store it for let's say 10 years and after 10 years they release it now in 10 years server code probably gets increased and updating things and then then it gets released later i know warfare classic is 15 years but that's a unique one but so at least that way it would be preserved and released at a future time but at the moment when a company goes under and they haven't released this code just disappears it's gone forever at least if it'd be safe and preserved Mm. and then it could be released 10 15 maybe 20 years you could set a date on it and that way we know in the future we'll be able to gain access to that and we don't lose it permanently how would you feel about if uh, the server code was like delivered to the customers which like owned the game but like now can't play it anymore but it's still it's still it's still under the same copyright um laws as like a regular game thing would be so like if i were to buy a game cartridge right now or an online game then i am not necess- i'm not allowed to like modify it and like work with it it's like this is the thing which i own and like i can't re-modify it and then sell it on as my own product so like if you get the server code you're legally allowed to continue to use it as it is and like if they don't want to come back and work with it it's still their ip I don't know how that would work with modding it because I'm certain that people will mod it. I'm certain that people will go ahead and play with it. To which I personally think that, like, yeah, like, that's cool because if a developer doesn't want to do it, then then good, you go do it. You go do it. And and who knows? Let's say Warframe closes down. Let's say that then, like, people take up the server code and continue to develop for it. That means that other generations of people that didn't grow up with this IP learn about it, like, play with this mod version, how, however, like, different it might be from the original, and maybe find a brand new interest within, like, let's say Warframe 2 when that turns around and, like, opens it up. Like, it opens up so much more doors towards people to learn about this IP when when it would not be that strictly handled. But I think that maybe a copyright law like that might have an effect. But I don't know. But I do really, really much agree. Like, I would I hate seeing these online IPs just go to waste because developers stop supporting it. Yeah. You want to finish up, Zena? Nope. I want to move on to a question that I have prepared and I've been sat here waiting. Go I'm going to ask, right, okay, so Loz is going to know who these people are, but Michelle, I don't think will. Mm-hmm. So, um... Bobby yeah, No. No. <laughs> no, not Bobby, Bobby Kotick. Kotick. Not Bobby Kotick. Anyway, right. Bobby so, uh, Stop it. Chris Metzen was the senior VP of Story and Franchise Development. He left Blizzard in 2016. Michael Morheim uh, was president of Blizzard and left in 2020, uh, sorry, 2019. Mm-hmm. Ben Brode, the lead designer of Hearthstone, left in 2018. These are three people that always stood out to me faces of Blizzard Entertainment. Not all of them, just some of them, right? All leaving around the same time. Now we're faced with messages to the public that are signed off by an entire team 
not a single individual taking ownership of a problem. How do you feel about the anonymity now being adopted mistakes made? Bobby Kotick. Do you want to elaborate to who Bobby Kotick is? The new, the new VP? President? VP? I think he's president. President of Blizzard. Of Activision Blizzard or whatever. A person who hates it if you Photoshop horns on him. Does he? Oh, no, no, no. He's, oh, he does, he's not, yes. He's... Yes, no, sorry, it is Activision Blizzard. Um, He is not the president of Blizzard Entertainment itself. No, he's Activision Blizzard. Um, okay, so I think that, like... Mm, Blizzard have room. always had this position where they're down to earth. They are facing you as someone that actually they care about a lot, right? So when they make a mistake, they will always put their face forward and say, like, yep, we decided we cancelled it, you know? We decided to delay it. We've decided to take it in this direction. But even at the BlizzCon 2019 opening with the new president, I can't even remember the name of, I'd care that much, wouldn't even apologize for the whole blitz chunk. Right, so when it comes to taking responsibility for something, um, people tend to have a nature where they uh, don't like pain or negative reactions towards them or negativity towards them. They, they'd rather avoid it by their instincts and that that makes sense because if you could afford pain you'd rather avoid it however that also tends to come towards negative responsibility we do not like and enjoy to take negative responsibility for actions that we have taken um, if we did then that would have kind of like have the reverse effect on what negative responsibility wants to well is intended for like if i hate something that you said or that you did and i like comment on it in a bad way then hopefully that like gives you an indicator that what you did is not something that i want you to do again so when it comes to someone spearheading a product or being an individual person um then that responsibility is something which they very much bear especially if it's something that they've created themselves and build up from the ground i can imagine that like that's something where you feel personally very responsible for. Now, when corporations get bigger, when groups or businesses get bigger, of course, responsibilities are being spread. And it becomes very much easier for you to uh, push away the responsibilities onto other people without feeling as responsible for yourself. So I think that there is a very interesting uh, case to be made that because right now it's a group of people signing it. Like you could see it as like, all these people take responsibility, but do they really? Like no, no, no. It's signed team. Yeah. It's, it's just signed game team. It's not yeah. signed by any one name. Yeah. So like it's it, it it's signed as team, and then you could say, well, the entire team takes responsibility. However, like at the same time, it's like yeah, the entire team takes responsibility, but do they really? Because you as like if you if you're just the developer of one single thing, like the like the one single focus that you had, then you may have made some errors, but you can then also say, well, higher up should have seen this comment or they shouldn't have given me that give me the task whereas if you and, and if you're all the way higher up you can be like well these people haven't done their job or they didn't do it properly or they didn't do the way that i envisioned it and i can very much imagine if it's not one person assuming responsibility there's a way bigger chance that the people that are signing it as a whole do not or may not share that responsibility that's not me saying that they 
don't, but the chances are way higher. And I think that when it comes to um, to communication strategy, when it comes to like feeling important, um, feeling spoken to, you are never spoken to by a team. You also you also never speak to a team. You never speak to a group of people. Like having a talk is something that doesn't happen. Um, you're always talking to someone because it's a conversation. So if if you're being spoken to by a team, there's no responsibility in the team. Like it's the team is not something that has responsibility. That's it are people within it. And if the people within it come forward and they say, I'm aware that I fucked up on these points and I'm sorry for that, then it means something. If it's just like, oh yeah, the team fucked up, we feel sorry for it. It's like, no, nah, no one would really feel sorry for it. I think you have a point. Well you just scale it up to Jay Jay Allen Brack. Brack Brack or Brack? Galen Brack. He's the guy who is the Blizzard president at the moment. Mm-hmm. And we had the Blitzchung controversy where Blizzard mm-hmm. bans him for to appease China. Let's be fair, that's what it was. They reduced it down from a year to six months. He came out on stage and gave the ultimate non-apology. Mm-hmm. Didn't apologize for what he did. Didn't undo what they did. They were just like, oh, we rushed to do this and we're sorry. And he even said in that, there's a line on there, like something like, but our games, you know, what we do, we'll speak for ourselves. And like the first big release since then is this Warcraft 3 game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it really does speak. That speaks volumes. It really does. Like, yeah. Well, I, I, I can imagine that this partly comes with a loss of vision of the original team. So... As an example, I'm 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 going to, going away a little bit, but to 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 give you to give you an idea of what I mean. Um, recently, a YouTube channel by the name of Linus Tech Tips hit 10 million subscribers, which is a big milestone if you are a YouTube channel or you created a YouTube channel. Um, and in celebration of reaching 10 million subscribers, the creator of the channel, the owner of Linus Media Group of the channel, which employs over 30 people, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, did a live stream for 30 minutes where he said that he is thinking of retiring, which is a great way to sell the bear 10, uh, 10 million uh, subscribers. But anyway, like some points that he brought forward were, were that like um, running the YouTube channel creates a lot of strain on, on his life, especially because he also feels very responsible for everyone that he has on board. And that is something which I think is very important when it comes to like a, when someone creates something and the originator of the vision is within the company and leads the company. You have this one person that created something and is very well aware that the people that are surrounding him are there because of his responsibility and he is responsible for it. So they will feel the responsibility way more of something they created of the faults that are being made in like their name and the pursuit of their dream and like the people that they need to maintain while doing this endeavor if however that person is being replaced i'm not saying that this is always the case i can i can say that it's very much very well imaginable that when a director or a president or a vice president or a manager or whatever position we're talking about gets replaced and the original person the original leader of that idea goes away it's they're being replaced most of the time by someone that didn't originate the idea for who this is a job which they're taking on and they can take it as serious as they want but it's not their idea it's not something that they started either not the, the the people or the team that they hired because the people that did it are gone and the more and more people that you that get exchanged like this the less and less it becomes something that they created and thus doesn't necessarily become something that they're fully entirely responsible for and I think that that loss of identity and vision 
is something which can like massively impact the way that they view their products, take responsibility, and act around mistakes happening with it. Um, I'm I'm not entirely sure I follow. Um, my so are you saying that because these people mm-hmm. um, that didn't start Blizzard didn't start out in the early days, the foundation of Blizzard um, are now in charge because these people are now in charge. It's all right for them to sign these letters of not apology anonymously. No, it's not all right. I think that it makes sense as to why it happens. That's not saying that it's good that it happens. I think that it like it makes sense to me that something like this can happen because it wouldn't make sense to me that if you were at the at like at the origin of blizzard or warcraft free or warcraft when it was created and your very valuable own property that you created and built on and made into this massive thing does so does such a bad thing that upsets a lot of its fans that you would then just hide behind the team because you're very well aware that this is your thing however if it's not your personal thing then you like it's very well like it makes a lot of sense that you I... might not feel that personal responsibility it's not that it's not like like it's that it makes it good but it's like it makes sense I that that propose I propose that the reason why they are hiding behind the anonymity mm-hmm. is because they know they have fucked up mm-hmm. they are consciously aware that they are fucked up but if they acknowledge to the consumer market they have fucked up and they put some whoever they put on the end of that letter as a name they're gonna receive truck tons of hate mail i don't know I, I i was with you until the end there i i yeah. think these 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 team-based messages that we get don't just go through a team they're not just made by committee they're then filtered through a team of lawyers oh, yeah. so that no one is jointly responsible this 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 this, this thing here doesn't apologize do you mean no one's solely with... responsible? No, yeah, no, the, not even the company is responsible. It's so vague. Yeah. No, no individual is responsible. That no, no entity is responsible for anything, and it just goes through lawyers. Look, looking at this, I think. Oh, I don't remember. We have watched so many videos on this. This, this, this one document today. That this, 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 there's no apology here. It's just like no, when, there isn't. This when Jay Allen Brack went up at BlizzCon, he didn't. I don't think he actually said sorry. I don't think he said. No we messed up. He went like, we rushed in to do this too quickly without thinking or something. He never went, sorry. Sorry. That's all you need to do. It's just, seriously, yeah. if, if, if these things should just well, start with, we, we're sorry. But they don't want to do that because then they become legally liable for a mistake they have made. They never want to do that. It doesn't doesn't look good. And I think uh, one thing we might come to in a minute is because it's these days, it's not about your relation, for most companies, it's not about your relationship with your customer now uh, to be honest they don't even see us as customers we are merely consumers to them we consume wallets. We, yeah we're wallets yeah it's it's about their their relationship with their stockholders is the more important one and for a company to admitting fault is is perceived to be bad to stockholders and that's the thing i hate is that none of these things are based on what is making a good product for the customer, what is making the best product irrelevant of even customers don't like it. Like it's, They should be making games, not that 
oh, we think this is going to sell. They're like, no, we're just making a badass game. We really enjoy this game. It's really good. Yeah. It's really well polished. Nobody bought it. Don't care. We made a great game. And like, there's, th- there's games like that, which over the long term, the people will find, the people will support. Like, my favorite one is Grim Fandango. Like, nobody. Yeah, I was about to like, say that. Such a deep game. And I remember playing the demo over and over and over again when I was a kid, just because I loved it. And it's now, over a long time, gained some support. It didn't make a lot of money, but it was a badass game and it will stand the test of time. And that's how it should be done. But instead, these days, these big companies, it's more about the quarterly reports and the stock, uh, the investors. And I hate that. The, 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 the product we love, because I assume we all love video games, is not viewed as a thing to produce video games. It is thing, seen as a thing to generate revenue, to produce money. That is the actual game of video games. And that's the sad bit. Right. There is, there, there, there's two things I want to jump into. First thing when it comes to the the way that video games are for these big companies seen as things to produce worth or value for the stockholders and not to create amazing IPs. Um, I think that I've said this before a couple of times on the Framecasting conversation with Drew, but I feel that a large part of this comes down to the difficulty of creating something which is original creative and successful it's not something which is often done like it's a real outlier Hell no. He... Yes. no 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 zeno pick up one thing on your desk in front of you all right a bottle of root beer yeah. now michelle give me a setting give me a place in the world or some other world some fantastical place in two words um um Cyber- desert. What what rocky rocky desert, a rocky desert. Right now, oh, you just, are going to be an anthropomorphized root beer that will use his root beer based powers to mine into the rocky deep deserts in search of more revenue to produce more other root beer based products. There we go. Mm. Weird game, interesting premise. Job done. Is that gonna be amazing? Yeah. Maybe but, not, but it's there. We go. That's yeah. I think that's quite interesting. <laughs> right. See, well, the, the thing is, is that like. With all creative endeavors, there is this Pareto principle where ninety percent of the of the entirety of um of profits uh, generated, or the entire ninety percent of the interest of the public, or the popularity of something, will only be held by a very small percentage, usually like ten percent of the things that are being created. As an example, like not all YouTube channels, even though a lot of them could be brilliant, will get the attention that just a select few get. That's because a lot of things, a lot of creative ideas, a lot of good ideas will fail because of various reasons. It's really hard to create something which is creative, good, amazing, works well, and is successful and adapted by, adapted by the by the entire public. Like even when you look at like very successful composers, very successful film directors, it's only a few of their creations which are widely accepted by the public as like classics or that everyone knows it's something that just happens so it's not easy for people to create successful equally successful even more successful creative ideas like as a like on a treadmill like you can't do it time and time again there is no guarantee so whenever a company gets to be the size that they are uh, because of the initial success of something really good, and maybe the, the like second success of something else that was really good, in order to guarantee a prognosed success, like what they will do is to continue on that idea and try to make money with the thing that they have. That's why 
like in order to create something you need to be like open-minded you will need to find something new but whenever something gets um rigid and old and stuck in tradition it will it will start to crumble like that's what's going to happen with every creative thing nothing will last forever so what happens with call of duty yeah what happens with like something like call of duty is like it's a it, it was an idea which all of a sudden broke through and they've tried to innovate with it but it just didn't catch on and now it's just going to stay the way it is because like it will stay the way it is until until it falls until it falls apart. That's what happens with a FIFA. lot of things. Yeah, FIFA. <laughs> That's what happens with with all these things. Right. So now, anything that Blizzard originally did, mm-hmm. the whole point. Sorry, the point I'm trying to make is that this is not. Like, I really don't think this is true in the slightest. Right? Because Activision are out to just mass produce something that is cheap for them to make because they already have a staple formula mm-hmm. and you know they they're getting out once a year they're creating a drive and they're just making a hefty revenue right this is yeah. why skylanders has gone because they weren't making the revenue now look at fifa same thing as soon as fifa comes out right th- this year's mm-hmm. fifa last year's fifa was completely pointless but yeah. that's not what blizzard did blizzard did a mentality of we're going to innovate any game we make, mm-hmm. and when it's ready, we will release it, and it'll be the best bloody game of its type. And best that is they can make. No, no, best bloody game they can make, and they are happy with. Yeah, but of that genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? Unless thus they would sometimes be the best games of the time. You know, mm-hmm. like StarCraft, the original Star. Sorry, not the original. Sorry, apologies. StarCraft Two was originally announced in two thousand and seven, right? It didn't come out until 2010, mm-hmm. and it changed so much. The core principle was still the same, but there were so many features that they chopped out because they were either game-breakingly broken, or they were just impossible to achieve. They, 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 like, okay, we showed it off in the tech demo, but we couldn't replicate it, right? Unlike games like Anthem, which is like, well... We did a tech demo years ago. We didn't show our developers what we were going to do in the slightest, but that's the game they've got to make now. And the thing we ended up with was just a pile of shit that was there to pad the quarterly budget. Is Am I saying it right, Loz? Yeah, the next earnings call, the next quarterly revenue, income, the next quarterly income call or whatever, or just, just the quarter. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. My point and, is, I don't agree with what you're saying. I think that there are two ways of looking Either you make a piece of art or you mass produce crap. But either one will sell. Well, when it comes Might to sell. Okay, well, okay, okay. Sell. so like the thing when it comes to making a piece of art and sticking your 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 thing on a piece of art is that you don't know whether that will be a piece of art. Like the thing is is that that's a that action, that like idea to embody that requires a like a lot more risk. And has a big chance of going wrong because people may not accept it. Like, let's say, see, Warframe, as an example, was a game that had a lot of effort put into it. That was a that was a game which I think defined part of its genre. But it was created when the company itself had that as their only project, had laid off a bunch of people, and this was their last thing that they that they did. And it this had to like sink or like it was like. Like, succeed or go under like that was basically the thing it was a really high risk but also a high reward approach which they had to take because like they were at kind of wit's end 
and it succeeded. They did very well with it. And then later on, they've tried out other titles, one of which was like Keystone or Amazing Eternals, uh, which didn't fully work out, and they had and, and, and they abandoned later on. Um, but like, if you but you are... know why? Well, why did it they... fail? No, it it didn't fail. They killed it before mm -hmm. it failed because they were going into a saturated market. Because mm -hmm. Overwatch had come out a little beforehand. And then everything in their dog was another hero shooter. Mm -hmm. If they had continued down that route, they wouldn't have been able to compete. And hell, did they make the right choice? Because fucking um, Fortnite comes out and it completely crushes the fucking hero shooter genre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But right. I also, it's interesting your story that about how thing I, I wanted. To, I could almost follow the same beats for beats, and I just do a quick shift at the end there. You know, a company down on its luck is able to make one more game, and they're going to release it. In fact, one might say it's their final fantasy. <laughs> and now look where they are now, because but, that's yeah. That's, that's, but, it can happen either way. I'm just going to yeah. say that it's down to market forces. It's down to innovation of game and the where they go from there. And they but, keep innovating their game, and they keep doing different mm -hmm. versions of it. And they've made now 15 mainline yeah. versions, an umpteen number of spin-offs, movies, comic books, mm -hmm. anime series, uh, cuddly toys, everything. Movies. 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 I think I did more movies, more movies, more movies, movies. movies. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but I. I I want to go back down to the core of this, which is which is I was highlighting earlier, which was to do with, and like Zeno's been saying here with, uh, or Drew. I don't remember which you go on this, Zeno or Drew. I didn't. I should have checked. One. I don't mind. You need to be clear, man. So the one thing is that let's get back to it. I don't. I. I. We. We. We're looking at it from the side of the company and the people making the game mm. and the game as a product. I want to get away from that. I want to look at the stocks, the the investors. Doesn't matter what they're. They don't care what they are investing in. They don't care what is the goal for this company ten years down. Well, they do care what's down the front line if it makes them money. And and like with Call of Duty, Call of Duty doesn't invade just graphically upgrades or FIFA, as as Drew was saying. Mm -hmm. And that this is now implementing monetary systems. I'm shocked we didn't see some sort of microtransaction system added to Warcraft Three Reforged, to be honest, because that would have made money. Three, yeah well actually i suppose we did i suppose that the way they they monetized that was with hey look buy it now and you get this thing in world of warcraft what's that got to do with warcraft 3 reforged really it's just it's just but it'll make people buy it because it turns it into a little bit of a microtransaction i'll buy this now and you get this thing over here so uh, that, that that i just think that this is the more worrying thing that we but blizzard used to be a games it's the end of blizzard in my opinion the blizzard mm -hmm. that we all grew up with that we all used to know they're no longer the company that makes games to make the game that is the best game they can try and make for themselves and for everyone to play mm. and enjoy. They are now there to appease the core to the shareholders, and that's what it is. Yeah. And I'm going to say, and this is just speak for me, because I have missed out on the last... I missed out on Legion for World of Warcraft. I stuck it through Battle for Azeroth, even though Battle for Azeroth has not been a good Warcraft expansion. But with... And I, and I saw the Blitzchunk thing, and I was like, oh, I don't like this, but I'm not... I'm not I didn't do anything. And then they, what was after Bl the Blitzchunk thing? Then, the, you know, the announcement, the BlizzCon, all the other mm -hmm. stuff. And I saw the Diablo thing, I guess, years ago with the Mortal. I didn't really do anything. Now we're getting to this point that they're releasing products of substandard. I am honestly looking and saying, like, maybe it's time. I mean, I play Warcraft Classic. Maybe I'll keep playing Classic, but I'm tempted to just skip um, the next. Wow, expansion. there was there was um, Hearthstone. So here is the storm where. Oh, yeah, they dropped it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they did I, this, I was just like, oh, that. get this new booster. It'll allow you to get, like, more experience with the more players you play. We're not going to deal with the bot problem at all. Come play uh, Heroes of the Storm. No one got problem with bots. 
By the way, we're dropping it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't announce the esports scene, and they left all the people doing the esports scene in the lurch. That was terrible. And it it's not the Blizzard I knew when I that literally, as I said earlier at the start, I bought my I wanted my first computer. My parents got me my first computer, and I love computers now beyond belief because I wanted to play a Blizzard game, and I saw it, and it was amazing. And they are no longer that company to me. And so I might probably give up on Blizzard games soon completely. I think I might start phasing them out because I I don't trust them anymore. And it, it's. I think earn that back. I think I'll give Shadowlands a go, but if it just appears to be another, uh, what's it called? Battle uh, for Azeroth. Boats, boats for um, Azeroth. Boats. No, we we ran out of boats. The boats sank. Yeah, exactly. yeah they'll sank. But that was the point so of the expansion. If it if it turns out to be another Battle for Azeroth, I'm just gonna quit. I'm not gonna bother anymore. Yeah. I, well, I'm not pre-ordering it, I'll give you that. But then I suppose that's that's my response from a player who is frustrating. I think we'll go to the last point I seem to have, and I think it's in your points here. And that's we have the Metacritic score for Warcraft 3 or Forge. Yeah. Or Warcraft 3 refunded. Sorry, I wanted to... It is now refunded. <laughs> you can refund it now. Warcraft 3 refunded. So let's let's go on to that. Probably, probably going to be our final topic here. What has been the response from people? And I think one of the key things has been the Metacritic issue. And I think as of today, that now... Warcraft 3 refunded or reforged is the lowest scored game on Metacritic and people have even gone to the degree of getting the lowest other lowest titles, they're giving them upvotes and positive reviews to get them out of the way so that Warcraft 3 reforged can sink to the bottom of the bottom of the bin well it's right. It's set on 0.5 now. It's stable. 0.5 now, is yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, it was the last couple of days, it was like on 1.5 or something when they went the outlet started reporting on it and then everyone made a video and it was like oh 1.4 1.3 and it would just go down and would go down so fast that <laughs> no one was right about it but now it's stabilized in 0.5 um 0. 5. but i think that like one thing that you um mentioned like which is very relevant to this is that um a lot of times when companies make these moves these questionable moves or do things for the sake of profit and not for the sake of making the greatest game what they sacrifice isn't necessarily money it's gamer trust it's like loyalty mm. it's like the 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 trust that you build up with your with your audience that you're you're doing something for them or that you're doing something that's in line with your identity it's and it's it's it's, it's something which is very like valuable to build up but it's also something which you shouldn't cast away. And as well, and, and as you so rightly pointed out, when they screwed up with Immortal, you're like, well, you know, people can fuck up. I, I'm not going to do anything. When they did the Blitzchung thing, it's like, mm. and now like when, you're, when we're, 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 we're seeing the launch of Reforged, Refunded, it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't believe anymore. And like one of the things that we see right here is, yeah, it's, it's, it's a reaction to um to to this thing that's been going on uh, and maybe maybe for everyone it's different but these are a lot of upset people and the only way that these upset people feel that they can make an impact or make like or voice their can voice their like their upsettingness is by rating this thing as low as they can on which is 0 0.0.5 0 right now as a user score um on the one hand, I think that it's, um, yeah, it, it it makes sense that people do it because they want to let themselves be heard. On the other hand, are these reviews trustworthy anymore? 
is this like true reviewing? Is this like when people give it a one or give it a ten because like they they kind of like the game and they don't want it to be so low? Like, is it really honest? Um, I don't know, but I think it's a really honest metric in the sense of how upset people are about it. Though I don't know, though I don't think you should take it by the numbers necessarily. I don't think that everyone that's given it a zero score review is necessarily playing the game or is necessarily as upset no. as they claim to be. Yeah, I, I for one have not put uh, my own review score in there. I, I haven't played the game, whatever, and I've just been—I would just be jumping on it, what everyone else is doing. So I'm not going to do that. But and I, but I completely agree that this is as for some, for some, for most games companies, you see, you see something's bad, something's not how you like it. What mm-hmm. avenue do you have to protest to have your voice heard? You, you can scream on forums all day long, and let's be fair, and Blizzard ain't going to pay no attention no. to that. You can scream on Reddit all day Blizzard long. Blizzard going to ban you. Yeah, they'll ban you, for one, if you, if you, well, if you step out of line you know, with what you say. So, But this is one way that they can make a sign to developers that this is bad. And we've had other games which have done bad things and released bad. I mean, Anthem. Even Anthem, which came out as a pile of weeks, very weak, very large, complete lies, what they were going to promise mm. with the game. Even that has not sunk. I don't know. Do you want to check up what what is Anthem at for Metacritic right now? You have a look at that. You know, even that I doubt is anywhere near this level of betrayal. This is this is how passionate people are about their past game that they loved and they grew up with, and that it's not just they've released a product that's bad. They've also sort of just spat ter- you know, just spat on the the past and spat on that previous mm. product. To not not even done the respect and the due diligence to that historic memory that people have. So, sorry, what's Anthem at now? Anthem is at a four point user score. It's not great. It's not great, but it is not anywhere near zero point five. Right. So, I mean, I think it's yeah. I think okay. So, I think that one thing, like one thing, which stands out very clearly for me, is that um, what we're seeing here is that there is no direct line of communication between like the the, the, the developers. Or the publisher and the the customer like these people that used to like be in contact because the one like the one person would buy the product and really like it and like the other person like made the product and like really like making it right now the the customer feels like the publisher only cares about the shareholders and they're no longer in the picture uh, so instead of like well, as you say, voicing your concerns on the forums doesn't seem to like make any difference at all. So then you turn towards something which does impact maybe like other people, maybe the sales, maybe other people, maybe even the shareholders, which is refuse. So I think that uh, if people come around and like they criticize and say like, oh, people should like gamers shouldn't be so upset. It's like it's not honest that you're giving this thing a zero. It's like these refuse aren't really refusing whereas like yeah there is a bit of hype trending in there but i think mm. that this like the meaning and the definition of these refuse changes like it has changed it's no longer necessarily a refuse it's a communication towards the developer that like this is not accepted and i think that that should be very very important uh, to look at like you shouldn't take you shouldn't judge these refuse by uh this refuse isn't necessarily a well balanced refuse because like it just gives a zero for someone who might not have played the game well it means something else it's changed i think in meaning that it's no longer like a review of a game it's something that people are passionate about and whether they've played the game or not like still it, it meant that someone was caring enough to like make a review and give it a score and whether that means that they're passionate about like the gaming industry and they don't like the trend or maybe they're just like 
hype beast that don't care at all. But so I think that this is something which, even though the meaning has changed of what the refuse mean, I think it's something which is really, really important because it's a clear result of a communication issue where because like you cannot communicate with the other person anymore, you're just going to find another way to make them to, to let yourself be heard. And I think it's a perfectly valid thing for people to do. Um, yeah, definitely. So based on this last talk um, about uh, just how Blizzard are going in I actually want to propose another question. Mm -hmm. My last question, which is doing well for time. Blizzard always used to be, sorry, always used to have the policy, it'll be out ready. However, in the last few years, Blizzard have been showing more of an interest of just get it in front of the consumers, regardless of whatever state the game is in, especially with Warcraft Forged. Sorry. A lot of people are of a like mind that this is Activision's influence on Blizzard. But the question I propose to you is, is, is that is Activision trying to tank Blizzard so that it can be absorbed into the company? Are Activision trying to pull Yay. I don't know. I think it could be a possibility. I can't read their intentions. I think it could also equally be a um, an, a different point of view from a different company. Like, if we take a look at what Activision creates and the way that they develop, like, it's not in line with the view that Blizzard had, uh, if, we look at, if we look at, like, Call of Duty. So, um, I think that it would make sense for them to have a different view when it comes to the development of games and the way that that should be done than Blizzard had. And it would make sense for them to like, because they've acted for that. And whether one or the other is right or wrong, that is to be discussed and that might be a subjective matter. Um, but as an example, um, to give as like a um, metaphor, as like, uh, there are two ways like known to me in in the way that I can create like YouTube videos, which could be like I spend a lot of time into creating the best thing I, I, I can and I can put it out or I can spend less time, make something less good, but put it out more frequently. And I can say people that are putting out very frequent videos without a lot of editing in it, without a lot of like crazy like care in it, like like that's ridiculous. How dare they? Um, that's, that's horrible. Um, but at the same time, these people might also say that hey, you're spending so much time into trying to create something. How the hell are you making money? If you can't make money, like, what are you doing? It's like, if you can't sustain yourself, like, that's horrible. Um, so, like, there's always, like, I think it's a, it could also very well be a two sides of the coin thing where maybe right now a lot more people within Blizzard share the idea that uh, Activision has and thus, like, the company's policy or few has changed and i don't necessarily mean to say that one or the other is bad i think that that might e might equally be a effect or a cause of this i i think if activision tried that it would be insane that would tank all blizzard products if it was if they ate blizzard as a company and we had no more blizzard and they were just no i'm i'm proposing that they're making the products tank so no one cares when they absorb blizzard. But then, why? What will they have absorbed? Like the IPs will be useless at that point. I would never. Maybe they them. don't want them to make Blizzard IPs. Maybe they want them to make more Call of Duty games. Well, that They've wouldn't make sense. Making more Call of Duty games. 
Huh? Why wouldn't that make sense? They make one a year anyway. Well, it's... one year they try to make two. Well, it's it's like <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't even. I don't, I'm not even sure. They might even stop making Call of Duty games because, yeah. to be honest, all their money has been made by bloody Call of Duty Mobile now. Oh yeah. That money, that is just the ultimate money printing press, and it is hilarious. Well, maybe they're going to just like, oh, yeah, Blizzard are no longer going to make, um, what's it called, Warcraft. They're going to make Warcraft Mobile! But, which, which, is, which is just another Call of Duty Mobile. I, Literally first-person shooter. I just have to all say the that, enemies are green. that from, from like the insane amount of money that like the mobile market makes, um, it is actually not that insane to me uh, if you were to tell me like 20 years ago that hey every single person on this earth will have a capable gaming device or a device that has better specs than any of the handhelds that you could have imagined over the past 20 years uh, and they're all going to be carrying it around and they're all going to have like a virtual market where you can sell your game on um like if you think about like how well the Game Boy did, where it was like a device you had to buy and they had to like buy the cartridges and had to like do those put those games. Everyone already has these phones. Everyone already has them. Like like if you were to tell like a, a developer like 20, 30 years ago that, hey, do you want to create a handheld game on a device that literally everyone has? It's like, yeah, it, it makes sense that like it makes money. It's just that the market right now is in like a horrible state because of like all the microtransactions and like really but if you think about it, there. If you think about it, look at the reaction that Blizzard had at BlizzCon 2018 when they announced Diablo. Right? Yeah. They are announcing their own not even produced by them mobile game. Mm -hmm. But Blizzard has primarily been a PC gaming company. Right, so when they did it, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not here for mobile games. We're here for the 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 diamond in the rough. We're here for the PC games, right? Mm -hmm. And when it was proposed, well, aren't you going to make a PC version of this game? It's like, no. And then the crowd literally booed, which I think is the first time I've ever seen that at BlizzCon. Yeah, I, right. I, I'm really shocked they didn't start chucking things at them on stage. Yeah, you know, like. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Activision is trying to damage the reputation of Blizzard just so that they can start producing games like Diablo Immortal. And no one will care because all the diehard fans, like myself and Loz, will have just gone, Blizzard is not Blizzard anymore, fuck off. It, no, it, that kind of logic doesn't work. That's what's why Star Wars, the last film, hasn't earned as much. That's why Doctor Who's ratings are in the toilets. That's why Star Trek, the new Star Trek films, are just tanking horribly. Picard's doing okay, though, but I'm not sure how long that'll continue. Maybe when the when the, the mask slips No, la, 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 don't, don't. Sorry, I thought you were about spoiling. to. No, 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 I wouldn't spoil <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were about I meant, to. I meant the mask, because it's done by the same showrunner of Star Trek Discovery, and when the mask slips and the Picard... Nostalgia runs out, and then the the realization of the agenda appears, and it's like, hmm. and then 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 the 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 fan support will will dry up again, and these things fail, and they fail. I don't think Activision do that. I think they're just trying to pump. They're just trying to run it like a train other things. So pump out game, pump out game. There's they don't understand. You know what? We could delay this by six months and make it really good, and then more people will buy it. They don't understand that because you said the word delay in a sentence. They didn't get past that. That that you heard that word and then in their mind, like no, 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 no. We have to get out of here. Why? 
well, because the earnings calls next week. We need we need more money in the bank, and it's hurt their stock price massively. So I don't I don't know what what advantage they thought they gained from this. So yeah, it's terrible. Absolutely They're not terrible. EA. It's yet. Uh, that's right. It's such a strange thing because um, I feel that a lot of this comes down to a like a mismatch between what they think that matters and what the public perceives at was at what matters. Because I can understand that a delay is not something that you want. However, at that point, the negatively of a delay the negative results of a delay are being weighed against like releasing an incomplete product and then like apparently the incomplete product is like the the the, the lesser of the evils and it's like but no it's, it's not it's blizzard right a delay is not um oh god unheard of for them mm-hmm. right like i didn't know when the game was i only found out that the game had come out like after the fact Mm-hmm. And, like, I think different companies, different people, different spokesmen, whomever, right? Everyone has a message. And if someone's message suddenly changes, the audience to that message will react to it, right? For example, I always like to say everyone ha- is entitled to their own opinion, but I won't necessarily agree with it. I'm not going to stifle anyone for having their own opinion, right? Mm-hmm. But if I suddenly turn around and say, oh, no, you're not, you, sh- you shouldn't think like that, you should think like this. It's like, you think how I think. You should do what I do. Do what mm-hmm. I say. You know, what's called? Instantly, people are going to react negatively towards that. People are not going to like the fact that I have suddenly changed my tune. So for Blizzard to go like, ah, oh, it's, it's delayed, delayed it again, it's not going to come out till next year. You know, people just go like, okay, cool, yeah, whatever. I mean, it sucks, but I mean, rather get the complete thing, right? But if they just go, ah, here's the piece of shit that we didn't promise you, we'll get shit like this. People reacting in such a negative way. Well, the thing thing that I'm wondering about now is that, like, that is the way that, like, like, we're, we're looking at the way that we perceive it. However, what if, like, the way that we perceive it is a, is a minority view? As an example, because, like, we don't know the numbers, but, like, as an example, um, Pokemon Sword and Shield was under a lot of heavy criticism by a lot of really passionate people that were really furious with that Game Freak's um, continuous message for over 20 years was that you could take your Pokemon with you, you were building this adventure with your Pokemon, your ever-expanding group, and all of a sudden, Dex had happened. And people felt really betrayed by that, and they felt that they felt that it was like not in their in their in their messaging, and it was like it, it was them just trying to possibly uh, score a big Switch release within two years after like the Let's Go uh, experiment, which didn't go that well. Um, so it could have been like a, a kind of cash grab where like the animations, which is one of the excuses that Pokemon f- uh, put forward because of Dexit, like we can't animate all these Pokemon, but the animations weren't there. Um, like it could have been that that was like really really bad for really passionate people and they were like this this draws the line for me however pokemon sword and shield has sold like record-breaking copies it's like in the 16 million or so for for, for the latest figures so even though the company would upset a bunch of people within its fan base that would call for boycotts that wouldn't buy it 
and that would might have made that may not return to the Pokemon franchise, they did sell 16 million copies. So it's it's no it's a it's a bad argument because it's it's never the first item or it's never the first step in the wrong direction that gets the that starts to show the the, the cracks in the in mm-hmm. the support. It, that 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 item was fine because people word of mouth is normally spread. It's the same thing. I'm going to go back to Star Wars. Look at the Last Jedi. It still made 1.3 billion dollars compared to I think Force Awakens 2.1, 2.2 ish. So mm-hmm. still made a lot of money. Still made over a billion, even though it's a horrific film. So many people didn't like it though. The last film, which is normally a high point in the trilogy of Star Wars films, normally the first and last film of the threes make the most money. The middle film normally doesn't make as much. It made less than Return of the, Je- uh, the Last Jedi. The mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker, I think just just edged over a billion. And that is terrible for the last film in a Star Wars film and following that. So it's 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 not always apparent from the one issue. Now, obviously, yeah, with Sword and Shield, I mean, I've heard that they proved in some ways that it's basically a 3DS port that was slightly upscaled and things, and mm-hmm. that that's why there's so much popping, that's why the graphics are so low. Then there's, there's other lies along with that. It probably won't hurt them on this one, but the next Pokemon game is going to be a hard sell for some people because they're just going to yeah. be like, oh... Because people people remember the past thing when they're purchasing this one. They're like, oh, well, the last game was good. I'm sure this one was good. So when they go to purchase that next mm. Pokemon game in two years' time, like I can see Drew's face right now, and he'll be thinking, God, that Sword and Shield wasn't very good. Should I really Actually, I'm thinking it? Destiny. I'm thinking Destiny I... 2, man. That's where oh, my mind's so, at. So, so when Destiny 3 comes out, you're like, hmm, that Destiny 2 wasn't very good. I remember yeah. I shall skip on this, a Destiny 3. But like, the the reason the reason why why I'm thinking about this is that if you think about the ideal world, or like if you think about the theoretical picture, everyone has the same interest in mind. Like stockholders want the company to do the best that it can so that they can earn the most money, and the company wants to attract the most people to play their game and buy their game so that they can make the most money. And for that, they want to make the best game that will make them the most money. And the gamers want to play the best possible game so that they can spend their money on the best possible game. So if the best possible game <laughs> to entice the most players to play, that would result... No, 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 no. Maybe if you had a group of people who founded Blizzard and like enjoyed making games and wanted to make you the best game as possible, what do we have now? We have a company. What does that company want? Well, it wants to show the shareholders that they have large income. More than last time. It always has to be more than last time. If it even needs to go stable from the previous time, that's bad. Instead, they have to make more money and all the money every time. And it has to keep going up. So how do they achieve this? Well, what do they do? They sell games to people. So they have to make games. Well, do we want to make new games? Well, that's time consuming to make new games. What we'll do is we'll make old games. So we'll make old games. We'll make iterations on a sequel of a game. So we make a game we got. Basically, we make that a game. We slap another number on it. We improve it. Right. Okay. So do we want to put a lot of effort into redefining the wheel? No, we'll just get the old wheel and we'll just spice it up a bit with uh, some more modern graphics that don't cost that much. Right. There we go. Shall we come up with new characters and new voice actors now nah, we'll just get the old ones back and we'll just keep doing it so it's cheaper it makes the same it's the same product because people like the same product and thus it makes money for less that is actually the root the the line of thought or the starting point to the end point that is actually in the modern stockholder based games company not all games companies just the stockholder ones i i'm with you i want to see games companies make the games that go we want to make a good game and for people to play but that's not the you, you're coming at completely the wrong way well, these days like, it's from stockholders down not customer up well like the thing is it's like as stockholders or as like any sensible person within the company or anywhere you have to see or you have to realize that like it's 
it's not a lasting game. It's something where you're you're basically profiting, uh, or, oh, or yeah, your no, profits no, just yeah, no. come from something which is running out. And it's like, why no, the no, hell no, would you, you, when it comes to such amounts of money, when it uh, comes to like your investment money or in any in any capacity, like make risks on such an experiment which you know is going to fail in the long run? Six. So, I don't care what's happened in six months. I only so, care about the next quarterly review, and then I care so, about the next quarterly review, and then I care about the next quarterly review. I don't care about next so, year's. I care about the next one. So one of the the big things that um, you know. <laughs> The value of stock is insanely important. So when Blizzard announced Diablo Immortal, um, the stock dropped. Can't remember how much was it. Um, do you remember, Loz? Like twenty percent, ten percent, fifteen percent, somewhere in that region. Yeah, it's probably like ten percent, something like that. And as a result, the estimated loss was like three hundred million dollars. Right. So, because of all the shares they have, because of all the, um, the like the value per share, the value just basically dropped, dipped enough that they had lost effectively three hundred million dollars. The amount that they would have uh, made had they released um, Diablo Immortal in the Chinese market. That's that's about it, right? So they gained nothing from doing that. With Blitzchung, the whole uh, China issue. The stock value went up, right? <laughs> the yeah. from the when they when they uh, fired all those people at the start of twenty nineteen, the stock value went up. Went up, yeah. So they make money by doing dickish thing, right? So the the profits that they get from the games, yeah, they're good, but they're not the same as getting the value from the the stock, the the money from the stock. However, just like. The stock is based on something. The stock is based like like I know that there's that there's a discrepancy between um, between the stock market and the like real thing that they're based on. Like it is an inflation bubble, and it is something which can very much like blow up um, at any given time. Which is why it's such a risky market. Why people go in it to like invest and then like sell big uh, until the thing blows. Which we also saw with the housing crisis in like two thousand eight. It's kind of the same deal um, where like the th things that are being sold are just so not related to reality that once people realize it's just gone. However, like if no games are being sold anymore, like there is no worth in the company and you're basically like using your like, like you're using up the trust currency that you've made up with your fan base. And that cannot be used indefinitely. Like, if you do oh. not have anything to replenish oh, that Konami. with... Konami. Yeah, Konami. <laughs> they, they they stopped making games. They started making pachinko machines, and they're doing fine. Mm -hmm. Somehow. Yeah, different market. But yeah, anyway. Um... I think we're done for time, fortunately. Um, can I, I? Well, can I make one small topic? Yeah, sure. Yes. I can't remember which person I saw on it, but the and it's a term brought out by the guy who made Fallout seventy six. I can't remember the, the developer, the guy's name, but it's not about where the game starts. It's about where the game ends these days with these these games of service almost things. So, firstly, I want to say, do you guys think we will see soon a roadmap for Warcraft three reforged about them bringing in all these features that they didn't make for release? I think it depends on how many get refunded. 
I think I wouldn't be surprised if uh, enough of it, if enough of it gets refunded, they'll just dish the game entirely. I I think they'll still put out a roadmap even if they don't meet it because that's what they like doing. They like earning back, even a, clawing back an inch of that support from fans by the fans believing, oh, oh, they'll do a roadmap. They'll they'll definitely do it within the next six months, six months, and then six months later. Blizzard doesn't care because it doesn't matter if they meet the roadmap then. But now, if they put the roadmap out, people are like, oh yeah, we'll forgive you now because you're, you're going to do it. Do you think anything, Michelle? Do you think we'll see a roadmap for Reforged? It depends. I feel roadmaps are going out of style in like dedicated gaming communities already. People have noticed that they're, they're just a lot of crap. It just depends on how mm. much of the general market has seen with things like Anthem, with things like Fallout 76, that whenever a roadmap is introduced, it's never lived up on. And I know that, like, for some features, this takes a long time, and they never realize it for some features. There's something happens, and then microtransactions, all of a sudden, like, lawmakers start to realize it, the general public starts to realize that it's bad, and even EA gets to step it back. So it depends on, like, how many people are aware of it. They could get away with it. Uh, I can also see people realizing it, but it depends on how many people realize that it's just Word maps are just full of crap. Yeah. My last question we before we close off, is there anything they could do to make you buy the game? Is there anything they could change, anything they release that would make you interested in buying Warcraft 3 Reforged? Um if they actually do everything the game was advertised to do. So having all the cutscenes redone, having the UI redone, having the do you know what I'm basically saying? I don't yeah. care about the custom app thing. That's my personal thing. I don't really care about custom maps, but I'd love to pay the story in the campaign again. Can't the state that it's currently in. So if they do that, um, that's me sold. Fair enough. Michelle? Yeah, for me, I would have to wait longer to see whether um, the policies of the company change because right now I don't think, uh, even, even if Blizzard puts out a good game, um, I will it will need to be a really good thing to get me over like the way that I feel towards Blizzard because right now it's something which I do not wish to personally support fair you right, I think that covers everything how about you me they would have to announce as Zeno said they're going to add in everything they've missed and more and then I would like to see them also say they're going to expand the game. I want to mm -hmm. see new campaigns. They can pick different areas. They can have different... They could retread the same story points. They could do Warcraft 2 stories. They could do campaigns for everything. They'd have to announce a massive additional supplemental content to the game for free to get me to even consider coming back. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I think that that concludes Warcraft 3 Reforged or Revunded. Um, if anyone has like a couple of questions, feel free to put them in. I think we might like take on one or two, depending on how you guys are with time. Um, and otherwise, we might end it. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to leave them in the chat down below. Um, I want to say I really appreciate it, the 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 framecast to get it with you guys. Um, one fun thing. Um, which I don't think I've ever told. I don't know. But uh, I remember when I was a wee little lad and I started up my, my YouTube channel and one of the very first channels I came across because I was doing Warframe was Xenos channel and I 
decided to take it upon me one summer to like listen for all the 10 o'clocks because I thought, how the hell can I ever face this human being and not know all his catalog of videos? Like, how rude would that be? Um, I don't even know my entire catalog of videos. <laughs> but I also I probably don't even know this week. <laughs> but I also really yeah. enjoyed them. And um, after that, I was inspired to like do podcasts myself as well. And I started doing doing some of them one channel and then some of the other channel. And um, I remember starting out, I was like, it would be so cool if I could ever be like a guest on like 10 o'clock or ever like have the 10 o'clock hosts on my channel. And today, the day has come that we have both Luz and Drew on here and I can go back to my teenage self and be like, it worked out. <laughs> well, no, thank you guys so much. It's it's been it's been it's been a really good podcast. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys did too. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I can't see any questions in chat, um, and I do need to shoot to make a phone call back to my father. Yeah. So let's end it here. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much, lovely audience, for listening um, to our ramblings of Warcraft Three. And we shall see you next week. If you want to listen to us live, you can listen, catch us on Tuesday at 7 p.m. GMT or 2 p.m. EDT, East America, um, at twitch.tv slash Michelle Posma. Or alternatively, you can catch us if you're partway through this and you know, you're just catching the end of it. You can catch it on youtube.com slash Post Malone Games uh, in 24 hours time on Wednesday. And you can catch the highlights, um, which, a little bit of a spoiler, this is the last highlights for now, uh, on my channel, which is youtube.com slash Um I am a pixelated mess, which is fine. I can't contain myself. And yeah, that's it. That'd be it. That'd be it, yo.